would have ever thought that the inability to choose between potato salad and coleslaw would have such a profound impact on my guest today's life. But that pivotal moment of being paralyzed by depression and unable to make a simple choice marked the beginning of the way out for Todd Patkin, author of Finding Happiness, One Man's Quest to Beat Depression and Anxiety, and finally let the sun shine in. Todd's book is the story of how he found himself at rock bottom and was able to find hope and then happiness for the first time. And he hopes his book will serve as an inspiration to others who are facing daunting obstacles of their own, leading them to happier, less burdened lives. And he's joining us today on Amy's Table to share his top 10 tips for making this the best year ever. Hi, Todd. How are you? Amy, I'm fabulous. It's great uh, to be with you today. Well, you know, I've got to say that I I read some articles and excerpts from your books occasionally, and and they're always very insightful, and your top 10 tips uh, are really no different. And you talk about the first one being, if you don't exercise, start. Is exercise really part of a happiness plan? Exercise is the single most important thing, Amy, if you want to be happy, but it's not a lot of exercise. You don't need to join a gym. You don't need to run a marathon. You just need to walk 20 minutes every other day, so it's not a big deal, and you can do it in your house or outside. The reason it's so important is exercise is a natural antidepressant, so it almost settles down your whole mental uh, state. It relaxes you. It makes you feel more powerful. Anyone who exercises will tell you if they have an injury and they can't exercise for a week or two, it completely throws them off. Exercise is also excellent for your sleep. And in America, most of us grossly underestimate the importance of getting a good seven hours of sleep with at least four or five of it in the pivotal REM cycle of sleep. So any time, in fact, my co-author, Howard Rankin, even if he has couples come in for... Uh, marriage counseling, he won't even see them unless they agree to do at least 20 minutes of walking every other day. You know, Todd, a funny thing, I, I do various forms of workout from yoga to cardio, but when I walk, and actually when I walk alone, I have the tendency to have my most clear thoughts. It's it's amazing to me. So it's I think it's therapeutic. It really is. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, the, you get out into nature. And it's, you know, the problem is we're living under so much stress. You know, yeah. I often say to people, it's, it's funny. We were supposed to just be cavemen and cave women, Amy. And you were supposed to be hanging out in a cave with your uh, boyfriend or husband. And all <laughs> long, you were relaxed. And once a week, a dinosaur would come and you'd freak out. And nowadays, we have dinosaurs all over the place. You wake up, and you're trying to get the kids up out of bed to dinosaur because they don't want to get out of bed. And all of a sudden, you're in traffic. And then... You're getting emails, and you got bills you didn't expect. So we're, our stress is just shooting through the roof. When yeah. you go to the gym or you go for a walk, it really helps you. Yeah, that's very important. Well, you know, I like that you're not saying, okay, an hour a day, everybody. And, you know, it, it sort of slides into your next tip for a great year, and that is be easier on yourself. Well, the biggest problem in America, as I see it, is that we're all just ruining our lives. That's what I learned when I had a nervous breakdown. Uh, I have the most beautiful, wonderful wife, wonderful son. My company was soaring, and I wanted to kill myself for a day or two. And I had to realize it's the way I was looking at my life. Uh, like most Americans, I was doing a 100 things right in a day and one thing wrong, and I was only looking at the one thing I was doing wrong and telling myself that I wasn't good enough and making myself feel really bad about who I was. And 
The reason that's so dangerous, Amy, is when you're feeling bad about yourself, you don't live. You don't uh, change jobs. You don't have the confidence because you think that you're a loser, so to speak, or you don't try that new hobby. And so it's really, really important that we start building ourselves up. You need to be your own best cheerleader. We're, we need to realize that we're all human beings, and that means we're all fallible. Right. And that means we're all going to make mistakes. So if you set it up that if you have one mistake in your life, that's where you immediately zone in and make yourself feel bad and say, look, I really am dumb and, 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 and worthless. Well, you're setting yourself up if it was a game to always lose because there'll always be one thing you can focus on to feel bad about. You know, Todd, it is so funny you say that the cooking school that I run, we have feedback forms for our guests after the class and they fill out a one to five about the instructor or the menu or whatever. And the instructor might get all fives, everyone saying how great they are. And one person will make a four. And that instructor, that's all they'll think about, the failure yep. of their class. And I think to myself, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's true. We zone in on that one thing. You do have to be easier. Well, I, you know, the other thing that's so interesting is not, not directed to ourselves at all. And that's some way to put our own gifts and talents to work. I, explain that. Well, I think that God gives everybody their strengths. You know, I think I'm pretty good with people, and I love public speaking, but I can barely change a light bulb. So when I first got married, and I think my wife, stereotypical, would consider me the the man, and so if we bought a new piece of furniture that needed to be put together, she'd ask me to do it. And invariably, after four hours, I still wouldn't have been able to put a single leg on on the couch, and I'd feel really useless, and I'd feel like I wasn't, you know, a worthwhile human being, and I'd be in a bad mood. So that's not where I'm meant to be. And so I don't do that anymore. And, and it's funny because she can put anything together. So now she does it and I don't feel so bad. <laughs> so I want you to live in your zone. And, and many people say, well, I don't know what my zone is. You know, I don't know what my passion is. And I recommend that you take two lists on a piece of paper, draw a line in the middle and on the left, write down all the things you love to do. Uh, I only want it to be four, five, six, seven things. And on the right, I want you to write down four, five, six, seven things that you think you're best at. And any time you see that the same thing appears on both lists, well, I believe that's what you were meant to do in your life. And, and try to do more of that. Now, I realize if you're you know, married and you have children, you may be stuck in a job you don't like. But at least in your free time, there's no reason you can't play to your strengths. If you want to do art, start doing art. You know, start spending more time doing the things that make you happy and that you think you're best at. I love that double list and finding the similarities. That is so simple and yet, you know, something we don't take the time to do. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Todd Patkin. He's the author of Finding Happiness, One Man's Quest to Beat Depression and Anxiety and Finally, let the sun shine in. And the other thing that's so important is relationships. And you say that's key to a great new year. Yes. Um, you know, without a doubt, the quality of your life to a great degree will be the quality of the relationships you have with those that are closest to you, family and friends. And we kind of take it for granted, and all of a sudden we wake up, and God forbid if a parent dies, and, you know, we hadn't taken the time to, you know, let them know how much we love them and appreciate them. So I want you to realize whatever you focus in on life, and we, we see this at business, whatever you focus on, you'll succeed with. So I'm hoping that men will put a little note next to their shaver in the morning and women will put a note next to their, uh, perhaps their makeup kit that says, focus on my closest relationships. And first, I would always focus on your parents because, again, we don't know how much, you know, how long they'll be with us. 
and spend time with them where you just take mom to lunch and someone says, well, I haven't talked to my mother in two years because she didn't accept my spouse. Well, you know what? Take her to lunch. Tell her you're still mad about that, that but you still want to thank her for all the diapers she changed. And, and that you, love, you may not like her right now, but you really love her. And uh, with your dad, you know, same thing. But the most important thing is to focus on your kids and your wife. And with kids, I'm very concerned about the whole term quality time. Believe it or not, Amy, I think quality time is uh, really awful. It's an awful term because I know I had become a workaholic. And a lot of people, they become workaholics because that's the only place when you're older that you really get accolades and your ego is stroked. Um, you know, you can come in early, stay later, and, and you're going to get your bonuses, and you're going to get your raises, and you're going to be a hero. I always say, even if you're the best mom or dad in the world, your kids are too smart to tell you you're great because they <laughs> want you to feel guilty, so you keep taking them to Disney, you keep buying them gifts. So the kids won't tell you you're great. And after 10 or 11 years of marriage, if you've been married that long, uh, most likely your wife has gone from telling you you're the best to now she's telling you uh, uh, you're a little bit of a putz if you know I'm a Jewish <laughs> guy. You're put on a little weight, you don't take the trash out enough. So um, we want to really make sure that we don't get too caught up in working all the time and thinking we can just give a half an hour to our son, a half an hour to our daughter. What I learned when I was able to retire is that it's all about quantity of time with your kids. For example, I have a 17-year-old son, and if I were to just come home and say, Josh, you know, uh, every Friday at 4.30, that's our hour together, He'd look at me with 12 heads and run the other way. But yeah. if I'm just hanging out on the couch, and he's hanging out on the couch, he actually comes to me when he sees a funny YouTube video or when he's watching um, Family Guy, uh, you know, and, and, and I don't like it, but he likes it. He'll say, Dad, you got to, you know, watch it right now. It's great. So, so you really need to spend time with, with your kids. And um, in terms of marriage, which I think is incredibly important, um, you know, too often when it comes to our spouses, we, we stopped making them feel special and we stopped making them feel great. And uh, that's the most important thing you can do in a marriage is continue to tell your wife or husband how beautiful they are, how much you love them. Uh, very, very important. Well, you know, Todd, I want you to send us out on the, on the last two that I think are so important for making it a great year, and that is forgiving someone who's wronged you and becoming a giver. Just touch on those really quickly before we okay. let you go. I also want to just tell everybody my website, www.findinghappinessthebook.com, findinghappinessthebook.com. I actually have a 12-week program to living a happier life, and it's all on video, and a lot of this stuff's on video. Oh, you nice. What you're hearing. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned, um, uh, what, what were the two you wanted me to send out? Uh, just about forgiving somebody who's wronged you and then also becoming a giver. I, I know uh, that's key. Yeah, forgiving people is so important because we want to live in the present. Most of us spend less than 30% of our time living in the present because we're so angry about people who wronged us in the past and we fear the future. So, look, if somebody, you know, really upset you in the past, they're off and they're not even thinking about you anymore, but you're letting it, you know, eat away at you. It actually makes you sick. You know, we've done studies where it gives you a cold and, and, and eventually you can even get cancer if you're so upset with people. So just let it go. Let it go for you uh, more so than even them. And, you know, Todd, there's a, there's a saying yeah. around that that I just love that is not forgiving someone is like drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. A hundred percent. Yeah, 100%. it's like, get over it, forgive it. It's so, so important is spending time with positive people. Yeah. 
Um, I know that you wanted me to hit on something else, but I think it's the single most important thing is making sure that you know, you're surrounding yourself with people who are positive because they've done studies recently, Amy, where people will be the average of the five people they spend the most time with. So if you're hanging around people who aren't positive, it can be, um, you know, really, really bad. You want to make sure you're hanging out with positive people. And I love this quote, letting go of negative people doesn't mean you hate them. It just means that you love yourself. Oh, good. That's really fantastic. And then in terms of being a giver, uh, givers we know are 25% happier than other people. Wow. Uh, it just makes you feel great when you help other people. And, you know, even if you say, you know, I don't have anything, I don't have money or what have you, if you go and you read to blind people, you realize, hey, I have two eyes. So it makes you really appreciate what you have. At any point in your life, you can look to the left and you can look at, you know, Warren Buffett and you can look at uh, all the rich people and you can say, you know, I don't have enough. But if you look to the right, you can look at everybody else and who has less than you in Africa and India and realize what you do have. So it's so important that you start focusing on things that will make you feel better as opposed to worse. Well, Todd, I have to say, you're you're going to the depths that you had to go to to get to the enlightenment, if you will, that you have found is, is obviously so worth it. Your points are so good, and they're fully fleshed out both on Todd's website, and I will make sure to put it on amystable.com, and of course in the book, which is called uh, Finding Happiness. Oops, I just lost your book title. I don't know how Finding I did that. Finding Happiness, One Man's Quest to Beat Depression and Anxiety and Finally Let the Sunshine In. Um, and you can get that at Amazon.com or through my website as well. Terrific. Well, www.findinghappinessthebook.com. Fantastic. I know you've made impact on a lot of people listening today. Todd, thank you so much. Great to speak with you. I hope we get a chance to speak with you again. I think you're amazing. Thanks, Amy. Thank you. Bye. You're listening to Amy's Table. It's Amy's Table. A girl's guide to living. With Amy Tobin on Q102.